Hi, everybody. This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Of all the survivors of war, as time goes on, it's the children who have the final say. And maybe that's a good thing, because they're the ones who can see it best in human terms. They didn't understand the politics of their war or the need to kill and die for a cause. They saw what war did to the people around them, to the people they depended on and that they loved. One of the children who survived World War II is today's morning storyteller. Her name is Margaret Dieter. She was five when the Allied bombs started falling on her town and her family in Germany. We call her story The Silent War. In October of 1943, my oldest brother, Sigmund, and I walked down four or five houses to visit his friend, Carl. But when we got to Carl and his mother's kitchen, there was no welcoming sound. There was silence. As we cracked open the door and walked in, we saw Carl sitting on his mother's lap in the middle of the room on a painted chair. She held him sort of like you would hold a bag of potatoes because Carl was bigger than she was ever going to be. Sigmund ran over to the chair, knelt down in front of of this his mother and child, and put his hands under Carl, and as he pulled them back out, they were full of blood. I was four or five paces behind him. And I wanted to leave, just pretend that we could close the door and it would everything would be like the way it was before. Sigmund says, I have to take my, my little sister home. And as soon as I bring her to my mother, I will, I will be right back. This will be all right. Everything will be all right. Frau Behrens seemed like she had lost everything. And Frau Behrens turns her head sort of like a windmill that's running out of air and said, Sigmund, how did Karl get hit with his shrapnel? And Sigmund answers, I don't know. We left each other in the street. I ran to the bomb shelter, and he ran to the kitchen. At that point, she dropped her head and started to cry. Sigmund brought me back to our door and and ran off. 
I I did not ring that doorbell and tell my mother what I had seen in that kitchen. I knew Carl wasn't going to get up from that chair, but I wouldn't tell her or anybody else. I knew she was so distressed by this war that my problems would simply spill over if I added anything to her already filled glass. We, as children, could not add another little tiny drop to the pain and agony they were already experiencing. You can't count on one of them, whoever they might be, to take care of you. It was much safer for me to keep it to myself and tell my dolls. They knew that Carl was dead. They said, you better pay attention. Everything that mattered was survival, to be tough and to make it through. Don't ask, don't beg, just never be vulnerable. I, I actually believed that I could do better than any of them, that if I really paid very close attention, this wouldn't happen to me. That was the normal story of, of children during the war. Nobody wanted to hear those feelings. It's my mother's birthday today. She would be 99 years old. The past is what it is. But mother, feel good about what you did. We were all the same, we were all frightened. We were all in the boat together and you struggled to find every potato you could for us. And now I know how much it took out of you to bring us safely through that war. We need to mourn what happened to us, what we did. We need to mourn war. That was Margadita with today's morning story, The Silent War. I'm here in the studio with Gary Mott. Tony, it's amazing that at age five, she had the wisdom to realize that her mother was distressed and adding anything to her plate uh, would have been too much. It's another way of saying that one of the things that war takes away from children is their childhood. Right. This is a story about silence. And I was just thinking how after, after every bomb that does fall, there is a kind of silence, and it's it's usually a cry for help or a shout of rage that can't be heard. We have uh, a video of Marga on our website that we think you'll like.
we got a remarkable letter, which in a way is, is almost like the other side of the story that Marga told and I just want to read it to you. My father's youngest brother, Ralph, was a bomber pilot in the Royal Canadian Air Force. I had only one vague memory of my uncle standing in the doorway dressed in his Air Force uniform. To us kids, World War II was something far away that meant only the novelty of coupons and ration books and the excitement of blackouts. Ralph, along with his six crew members, had died when their huge Lancaster bomber was shot down en route to Hamburg in January of 1943. In Amsterdam, Ralph's grave is marked by one of thousands of simple headstones in a place so huge, we needed a map and directions to reach our goal. In October of last year, three of my first cousins flew to Amsterdam. One of them, Don, had done extensive research on my Uncle Ralph, and through the wonders of the Internet had contacted members of an organization in Holland, the Crash Research Aviation Historical Society. Hank Rebel is the director of the Crash Society, and as a 12-year-old boy, he'd witnessed an enormous nighttime air fight from his bedroom window of his family farm in uh, the Netherlands. He recollected watching the attack of the German anti-aircraft guns on the Allied planes heading for Hamburg, and his terror when a plane was shot out of the sky and appeared to be heading directly for his house. Fortunately, the Lancaster bomber veered to the left, and Mr. Rebel heard and saw the enormous explosion. The next day, he and a friend managed to circumvent the German guards and visited the crash site. To the amazement of my cousins, he produced small pieces of the Rolls-Royce engine of the plane and then escorted them to the actual site where it had crashed. As they stood together in a meadow behind a truck depot, Hank Rebel said, now we are standing with you, family of Ralph P. Campbell, skipper of the Lancaster, after 63 years. Then my Uncle Don, a Korean War veteran and an ex-paratrooper, removed his T-shirt with a picture of a Lancaster bomber and presented it to him, saying, with gratitude I give you the shirt from my back. At our grandparents' graves, the three cousins, when they got back home, buried three small packets containing earth and stones from the airplane engine, the crash site, and Ralph's grave in Holland, with a feeling of peace and a sense that our Uncle Ralph's spirit was finally at home. Thank you very much for writing to us. Please check out our website and uh, check out the Marga Dieter video, wgbh.org slash morningstories, and let us know, morningstories at wgbh.org. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.